Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Uh, another midweek special here for you. We actually are going to be chatting about Sam Kerr specifically. Because we really didn't get out a proper, I don't know, introduction to her, Dan, when, when she first signed in the winter. It was kind of that weird time where she'd signed, but was hanging out in the off season. And then the, you know, the women's seasons came, just started up again. So we figured this was probably a good time, uh, following up our, our other Chelsea women's episodes we've done this season to to drop her in yeah it was a, a little bit of a miss on our part i think nick but i i'm excited for us to get a chance to talk about uh, probably the the biggest signing maybe chelsea women's team have made in, in quite some time that is correct and 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 while we may miss uh she rarely does so that is good um i feel pretty good about the signing uh we are excited though to bring on an expert someone who knows more than we do, which is, I would say, most of our experts on the show. Um, Claire Watkins, welcome to the London is Blue podcast. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Can you maybe give us a little bit of background as to like how you've followed Sam throughout her, her most recent journeys? Sure. Yes. So I, um, I'm based in Chicago, um, and I write about the NWSL for The Equalizer, and I also have a Chicago Red Stars podcast. So um, in the two years that, that Kerr was at the Chicago Red Stars, I, I got to see many of those games and talk to her quite a bit and 
cover her time with the team very closely, which I was, I was really happy to be able to do because with a player like that, you're like, Oh, she's going to go on to, to great things. So, um, getting to be close to that experience was, was very cool. I'm excited. Uh, obviously we don't always get to talk to a lot of Americans, Claire, which might surprise you as we cover a team in London. So Mm -hmm. this, this will be good. I think, um, no, no confusion on words we've said. I think Nick and Dan, uh, or I guess Nick and I are Midwest based, so we're all right here. Dan, you know, he 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 does a pretty good job of keeping up with us. But um, if we kick it off, what better way than with a quote from Sam Kerr herself? So this is Sam uh, kind of talking about herself. Quote: I started at twelve. Before that, it was all AFL. I hated soccer when I was a kid. I never had a soccer ball around the quote and the house. End quote. So just funny how things happen, right? And so for someone who didn't have a soccer or football around the house, she managed to rise to being seen as really one of the game's best and was shortlisted for the Ballon d'Or, Feminine, this past year, ahead of making the switch from the NWSL and the Chicago Stars. So. Uh, Dan, I'll let you run us through some of her kind of high-level stats because as a, as a striker, as a as a finisher, we really just want to know what her goals and appearances are. Well, we, we do want to know more than that, but you know I love a good stat. And so I uh, started at Perth Glory 2008-2011, uh, 22 appearances, 5 goals. Uh, that would be the last time uh, that she had <laughs> less than 10 goals in uh, club contribution Sydney FC, 2012-2014, 24 appearances, 13 goals. Western New York Flash for one season, 41 appearances, 15 goals. Back to Perth Glory, uh, 2014, 2019. Uh, so kind of lone situation. Uh, 49 appearances, 52 goals. Uh, Sky Blue FC, 2015-2017, 40 appearances, 28 goals. Chicago Red Stars, 2018-2019, 40 appearances, 34 goals. And now at Chelsea, Nick, 2019, three appearances, uh, four after today's match, one goal so far to the record. Hell of an assist, though. Let's not uh, forget that one. <laughs> the back heel, yeah. Um, Claire, w- when you look at the numbers and how ridiculous they are, um, let's talk about how ridiculous the numbers are <laughs> that she yeah, has from sure. a conversion standpoint. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, no, she... Um, it's so funny because I think we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but... Um, she she is a so inter- such an interesting player because it kind of ties tie the numbers to that quote that original quote which is that i don't think she saw herself as a prof- like a professional soccer player for a long time those stats those early stats with the perth glory the early stats with sydney fc uh early stuff like western new york flash she was a teenager she was someone who was like figuring her life out and playing soccer while also just clearly just having a lot of natural talent Um, and, and I think, I think also the two other major things that come from those stats is it's clear that Sam Kerr has played a lot of soccer (laughs) in the last five or six years. She was doing back to back with the NWSL and the Australian W league, just playing soccer year round, plus having Matilda's duties. Um, and she's maintained that level despite probably a lot of fatigue. She dealt with some injuries in 2017, um, and also just as the game has improved. So the sport, the w- sport of women's soccer, the level of play is exponentially higher than it was even five, six, seven years ago. And the fact that Kerr has continued to, to grow with that is, is a testament kind of to where she started and where she is now. I, I mean, we, we give 
Cesar Espilicueta for the men's team. All the credit in the world, Brandon, for playing basically every match of a Premier League season, plus Champions League duty, plus FA Cup duty. That pales in comparison to back-to-back seasons. Like, you you don't get an offseason. You just keep playing and scoring. Yeah, you know, that kind of reminds me of the WNBA players, too, and, like, the struggle those women have had where they will play the WNBA season and then go abroad and immediately play in Europe or Australia as well. And to be playing nonstop year-round, like, that is an impressive it's not easy mentally draining as well as physically draining and then to put up numbers like this <laughs> consistently is amazing she also has 38 international goals for the matildas and some of the key international moments from the most recent women's world cup where she was named captain scored four against jamaica becoming the first australian to score a hat trick in a world cup and then in leaving the chicago red stars you know, Dan, you you have some more stuff here just about her her true years in NW or what NWASL is that what we NWSL National Women's Soccer League. That's right. I was trying to throw American there for some reason unnecessarily. The problem is it's then it's the FAWSL. That's it's the acronym confusion. But yeah, so this was just a bit of a. Yeah, a little bit. So Sam Kerr, 26, joined the Red Stars via trade in January of 2018. In the two seasons, forward totaled 34 goals, 9 assists, won consecutive golden boots. While a member of the Red Stars was a recipient of the 2019 NWSL MVP award, becoming the first player in Red Stars history to win the award. Her 18 goals uh, this year for Chicago in 2019 is a league record for most goals in a single season. I guess how sad conflicted maybe was it claire watching this wonderful player who had done so much for red stars bow out and make the transition away to the wsl you know it it was interesting because i think ooh, it it's been it's been a long process the good news so good news number one is that sam Kerr is an exceptionally professional like caring person um, and she, even though it was probably pretty clear after the World Cup, she had that large platform that is, and she was in the last year of her contract, that's the money move, right? You have a good World Cup, you negotiate a better contract with a different team, you go do something new. Um, so I think we all, the writing was on the wall a little bit, but Kerr stayed because the Chicago Red Stars went all the way to the NWSL final this year. They had an extended off or extended postseason, and she stayed very committed to the cause. She, you know, wasn't playing any games in that respect. And so you did feel that in the time she was with the team, she was 100% all in with them. Um, her foot was not one foot. She wasn't one foot out the door. That was just for the off season. Um, yeah, the rest stars are going to miss her a lot. Not only just because obviously she's an incredible soccer player, but she was a very important locker room presence for them as well. Um, she, does she's not a player with a ton of ego she's very easy to get along with i mean she's she's australian they're very chill um and and so i think that i think that chicago well one thing that the other thing that i want to bring up is that sam kerr necessitated a, like a watershed breakthrough moment in the compensation structure for the NWSL, even in leaving. Because one thing that you have to know about her time in Chicago is that she was mostly, her salary was mostly being paid by the Australian FFA. Um, she was subsidized by them to play in the W league. Her NWSL salary was under $50,000 a year. Um, 
And so having a player like that, who is, you know, she's not American, but is that was a homegrown player. She developed through the NWSL and to have her leave partially just because other leagues they're, they're they have the ability to pay so much more was kind of an eye-opening moment for the league itself. So they now have an allocation system where they can compete with the other leagues um, to, to go above that, that salary max. Um, so it, it's tough. The only other thing though, is just that Chicago, the reason Sam Kerr scored 18 goals for Chicago last year is because their entire system was set up to feed Sam Kerr. She was their lone striker. Um, they actually struggled at times during the season when she wasn't there because they were still looking for her on the field. Um, and so I think that it's, it'll be fine for Chicago too, because they've got an incredible background. Um, you know, their, their captain is, is Julie Ertz from the U S women's national team. They're going to be fine. They're just going to have to change their system a little bit. Um, which is kind of cool too, because I think Kerr herself is going to have to change the way she plays because she's not the target striker for Chelsea. So um, it's just interesting to watch both teams adapt. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially, you know, <clears throat> Chelsea women playing Man City today and and just seeing goals coming in from all these different players and, and outlets. It, it will be. Hopefully we'll get to see a new side of her at Chelsea. But speaking of getting to know her as a player, what would you say are three ways to describe her as a player from her time in Chicago? Yes. So I wrote these down. Um, number one, I would say, and, and truly this is the first thing that, that sticks out in my mind is she's a very unselfish player. Um, she, and this is where I think you're, you're going to see more of this at Chelsea where there are other established goal scorers is she's really, really good at pulling defenders towards her, pulling defenders into space um, because she's constantly looking for runs. That's why she gets called offside so often. But um, she's always trying to maneuver a way to create space behind the defense. And sometimes that's for her to score. But a lot of times it's to open up somebody else up. Um, and she is sometimes to a fault will be looking for a teammate to to set up or to help than to take the shot herself. There were moments, it's crazy, she scored 18 goals, but there were moments with Chicago last year where we were like, she needs to be more selfish, she needs to just shoot it. Um, and so that, I think, and, and that's another thing that she did in the World Cup was she scored a lot of goals against Jamaica, but she also heavily influenced goals against Brazil in their group stage game. Um, by by drawing the center backs towards her and opening up space for other people. So she's a very unselfish player, and she's better in space than people give her credit for. I think people think she's a, just kind of like a run-and-gun shooter. Um, but I would say that, and, and I think she has a quote that says this too, where like her finishing wasn't even the strongest part of her game, isn't the strongest part of her game. It's the positioning that she has. Ooh, that is That is exciting. I think, interestingly, the way that she described herself, and this was kind of pulled from her, intro to Chelsea supporters through the club's official website. She said, I'm definitely athletic. I like to do things very quickly. There's a lot of speed about my game. I've worked on my finishing goal scoring in recent years, and I don't know. I think that's for the fans' side. But yeah, I think I'm an athletic speedy forward, which uh, Claire really <laughs> seems to align with the comments that uh, that you used. So I, I feel like... Uh, Head on the uh, nail on the head there. Yeah, no, it's it's so funny. To, her quotes are very funny. She's very unassuming. <laughs> she she scored this wicked backson like chip against the Washington Spirit last year, and we asked her about it, and she was just like, "Oh, I just I just do things sometimes." <laughs> it's just like okay, um, yeah. I mean, the second the second thing I, I I wrote down for for kind of describing her is I wrote quick, but like with a question mark because 
she is very fast, but it's not about necessarily beating defenders for pace. It's about springing attack. She is, is always, you know, a lot of times the way Chicago found success last season is they would do a heavy early press and then try to spring her on a counter and get a quick goal. Um, and I think that her mind is always there. There are moments in the game where she even maybe looks kind of out of it. She's just kind of watching things happen, but that's just so she can be ready. The moment the opportunity kind of comes up to make, to make runs. And like I said, she gets called for offside a lot, but usually that just means that she's ahead of like her midfield teammate. She's trying to make the run and they don't get the ball out in time. Um, and, and so I think that yes, she's quick. Yes. She's athletic. She's very strong. She's a strong player, but it's more about, I think one of her strengths is kind of a quickness in like kind of mental presence to see when things are happening and, and try to catch the defense kind of snoozing a little bit. Yeah, the the back shoulder run, I think especially as we've watched her for Chelsea this year, is something that the women's that women's league has really started to adopt more and more, the the runs down the channels. And so you'll see her and Beth England switch off who's gonna make kind of the longer run and who's gonna hold back a little bit. And it's interesting because for for a person who is still working on her finishing, just the casual 148 league goals, um, Seems like she she may have done a little bit of of work in the off season, uh, once or twice uh, <laughs> to to make that happen. But um, I, I guess for you, Claire, do you feel like I, if she has to play with someone like a Beth England, for example, who is definitely more of Chelsea's like out and out goal scorer, do you feel like she can be a complimentary piece, or she's going to find her way? Uh, to become an assist maker or something like that? Or do you feel like she's going to have to split some of those goal scoring duties a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I think in a, in a kind of a, a weird way, I do think that, um, that Kerr's instincts do work well with a natural goal scorer. To be completely honest, the only concern that I have about that is that she's going to get criticized for not scoring enough goals. Um, but I think that she herself, um, is very good at looking for that other person. She had a really incredible um, relationship with Yuki Nagasato, who is a former Japanese uh, world champion who still plays for Chicago. And, and they would swap, they would swap goals. There'd be like a three goal game and it would be like two for Kerr, one for Nagasato and they'd be assisting each other. So she, she's a big chemistry kind of a player. I do think obviously that stuff takes a little bit of time and she's been in and out with the team. I would say to judge Kerr, maybe wait until she gets a full season in, but um I think that, yeah, I think she's going to be fine. I think that she, her assist numbers are quite good actually for someone who was a target forward. Um, and so she was someone who, and that was part of her game that developed with Chicago. I would say that when she was playing with sky blue, when she was playing with Western New York, um, she wasn't used necessarily to having a great supporting cast to what she was doing. So she was creating a lot of things herself. Um, Chicago's midfield is very, very strong. So she was able to learn how to collaborate with them a little bit more um, and collaborate with their other forwards to great, just to create some really cool team goals. Um, So yeah, I do think she will adapt. I think that um, the only, the only concern always is that for a striker when they're not scoring that can freak them out a little bit. And so I think she's just going to have to get used to, this is a different system. This isn't necessarily my number one role is just to kind of like run and gun, you know, beat the defenders and score the goal. Um, but I think, I think she'll be fine. She has the skills. So I know that we mentioned about the chemistry, like the plug and play into Chelsea and giving her time to adapt for that based upon what you've seen 
in terms of maybe her overall game and progression, where are maybe the areas that outside of just becoming comfortable with the supporting cast at Chelsea, where are her opportunities to maybe grow a little bit as a player and kind of her game? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, (laughs) and I actually kind of agree with her on the, on the finishing thing. I think she, she's someone that one-on-one, uh, wastes some chances. Sometimes she, she does the thing that, uh, Chicago head coach Rory Dames would always say is that, um, she would create these chances and then sometimes she would like kind of whiff them. And he was always like, if you create the chance that's yours to whiff, it's fine. You know, if, if mm-hmm. you made that happen, you know, if you don't necessarily nail it, it's okay. But her one-on-one placement is not always the the best. I think that sometimes she'll, you know, shoot it right at the keeper. Um, she doesn't miss frame often, but usually it's kind of a safer shot. It's not necessarily particularly placed. Um, you know, and I just think the other thing for her is that um, I do think it's positional. I think she's going to have to really get used to being a little bit wider, though. I know that she does that for Australia, so um, she probably has has some experience with that. And then the rest of it. Yeah, I think just as she gets older and she's moving into kind of this, you know, the stage two of her career where she's moving into her kind of peak years is just being the the mental calmness a little bit. I think that sometimes she gets pulled into a game. She gets frustrated with the way she's being defended. The NWSL is a very physical league. I think the WSL can be at times as well. And I think that um, she is someone that can get rattled. She's rattleable um, when things aren't going well. And so I think that, um, you know, quite honestly, the way that WSL is set up, I I don't think Chelsea has many of those games. Um, They play very well. They get a lot of points from a lot of teams. Um, You know, they're probably only maybe four or five games a year where they're really kind of getting pushed to the brink like we saw today. But um, yeah, I would say that I would say constantly developing the mental aspect um, because I think that's going to be huge for her too, because like I said, she's played a lot of soccer. Um, and kind of in the way that, you know, any striker as they get older has to adapt and be a little bit more intentional about what they do and rely a little bit less on the physicality. I just think that that's the part of her game that she can continue to develop. Okay. So a little bit of story time. Uh, we know that you had the chance to cover her and, 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 you know, meet up with her on a couple of occasions. Do you have any anecdotes or stories that you can share that, that would help us understand who she is as a person a little bit better? Oh man. Um, yeah, there, <laughs> there are a few actually. Um, I think, I think the the main thing about her is that she is she's pretty unassuming. She's very when you talk to her, it's so funny talking to her because she she loves to make jokes. She loves, I think actually, you know what? My favorite my favorite Sam Kerr story is actually so there were there she's you know a hot rod of a player. Lots of discussion about her all the time. Even after the 2018 NWSL season, there were people kind of pu- pushing pushing and poking and um, asking her like, you know, what are you doing next year? Um, and she after that semifinal kind of pushed back a little bit and was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to be back next year. Like she wasn't supposed to say that she was supposed to be like, Oh, I don't know. The off season's the off season, but she was just kind of, she was just like, Ugh, stop asking me. I'll be back next year. Um, and that's the kind of thing. She's a straight shooter. She's very honest. She's, you know, and, and she's a team first player. Uh, 
or oh, actually, you know, there's one other one. Um, so she won the MVP this year. Uh, and that was presented to her at championship weekend after media, after the media day. So all, the whole team was there to watch her get that award. And, um, they give her this giant like vase like structure and they, they say, you know, ready for pictures. They get her in front of the backdrop and she just kind of stands there and she's like, I have to by myself. You take a picture of me by myself. And so they took like two pictures of her by herself. And then she was like, grabbed all of her teammates and was like, please, please come take this picture with me. She doesn't, you know, she, she wants to succeed. She wants to be great. She wants to be legendary, but she is not naturally a person who kind of craves that spotlight. She loves her teammates. She loves her team. Um, and yeah, that's really kind of what I take away from, from her time there. Well, as Sam Kerr was announced, uh, you know, Chelsea player, and we did the typical club stuff where they interview her, kind of show her around, uh, do the walking tour of Cobham, which is their training ground. Um, we're going to play some of the highlights here of that. So you guys can listen if you missed it, if you did miss it. It's on the Chelsea Fist standout. We're going to keep plugging it. You need to download it if you haven't. Gems like this are in there. So real quick, uh, this would be uh, Sam Kerr uh, on her kind of first Chelsea interview. Sam, I've looked at a lot of people's sporting pedigree, and I have rarely seen a family as overladen with sport as yours and all sorts of different activities as well. Just talk me through the, the immediate family and what they've done. Yeah, we've always been a super competitive family. Mum and Dad have always instilled that in us and Mum only gave up netball about probably six or seven years ago. Um, she just loved it, couldn't, couldn't give it up and if it wasn't for her bad knee, she'd probably still be doing it. Um, and Dad, he was a professional footballer, I guess in the early stages of AFL. He played waffle before that. Um, and yeah, it's just always been a part of our family sport. I couldn't imagine my life or my family without it. For you to begin with, it was Aussie rules, wasn't it? Yep, always. Um, my family's still Aussie rules through and through. You know, um, my, I guess, immediate family, we watch it all the time and they've only picked up football, you know, since I started playing. Mum still probably doesn't understand the offside rule. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's new to them still, even though I've been playing so long now. You made your international debut, I think, when you were 15. What do you remember of that and how much does it mean to you to represent and now captain Australia? Yeah, um, to play for my country is the biggest honour. Um, but back then I was only 15, I didn't really understand what, what it meant and I wish I could play that game again because it's a funny story but I actually told none of my family to come because I was like, I'm not going to play, like there's no way. And then my whole fa not, not one of my family members seen my first game for the national team and... Um, yeah, I wish I could do it again because um, I think it would feel pretty different now. Well, you'd make sure your family were there for starters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save the experience a bit more, have a few photos. Yeah. What was your thinking um, behind coming here, both to the WSL and specifically to Chelsea? Yeah, I think for me it was just time for a change. Um, I'd been in the US eight years. I'd loved my time there. I'd really, really enjoyed it. Um, but it was just time. Um, for something new. I didn't want to get to the end of my career and only have stayed in the US and the W League at home. And, um, you know, I'm a creature of habit, but I also like to challenge myself a little bit. And it was just time and speaking to Emma, it just seemed like she was um, the right fit for me. Um, what you know, was it about her? She's persuasive? No, nah, you know what? I love my football, but I love to, I love 
to feel comfortable and the people I work with have to be genuine and, and good people and that was what I connected with, with Emma. Um, I was reassured that the girls were a good bunch of girls and um, I did a lot of research, a lot of um, you know, looking into who the girls were and what other players had said about them and uh, it just seemed like this was the right fit for me. So presumably you made the decision before actually Chelsea went on this fantastic run and they're having a terrific season. Yeah, 100%. I think um, I've been watching them for, you know, since the start of the season and I guess um, it was the worst, best, or the, the worst secret that everyone knew about it, but it was kind of hard to keep in, you know, like I was so excited, but I, I couldn't tell anyone even though I knew. So, um, yeah, I've been watching them. They've been killing it. They've been doing amazing things and hopefully I can come in and just slide into it and, um, you know, hopefully help them. You've come here um, to a club that is, you know, in the heart of, of London and indeed around its outskirts. But where, what do you want to see? What's life in London going to be like for you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cold. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I just want to enjoy it. I just want to get a feel for the European living, living lifestyle and get to know the girls. But uh, yeah, lots of coffee, hopefully. I'm, I'm a social person, so I like to go out and do things. But like I said, the most important thing is football and then I'll get go from there. But I've got two and a half years to figure it out. But yeah. Lots to see, lots to enjoy, lots of goals to be scored. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so a couple of takeaways from this interview. Uh, Dan, I think this is this is fair. I think that a lot of players go through this where she just said it's time for a change. It's time for something new. Um, based on her career, playing in London, playing in England and, you know, eventually Europe, hopefully, uh, will be a very big change for her. And I think that it seemed like it was the right time and, and it was the right way to do it. I think that makes sense. I, I also really enjoy the fact that she highlighted that Emma Hayes was a big part of the reason for making the move here. I think, you know, we all have enjoyed the chance that we've had to, you know, spend time talking to Emma about the game, getting a chance to watch the women's team train. And you know, it's very clear that she's got a really wonderful style of leadership and is just, you know, demanding, you know, excellence, but also in a way that is, you know, super uh, caring and concerning for the the players and wanting them to excel to their best. And so, uh, you know, Nick, I think this uh, this makes a lot of sense to me. Right. I mean, it, the the way, Claire, that you were talking about uh, Sam's personality and, and what we know of getting to spend an evening and, and a training session with her at Cobham, uh, with Emma Hayes at Cobham, I should say, uh, it seems like personality-wise, they would be a pretty good fit for each other. Uh, I think there could be a little bit of banter back and forth there. There could be a lot of pushing and, and prodding to, to get the best out of Sam. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you know, do you know a whole lot about Emma Hayes or, or, or is this kind of a, an intro into this uh, part? Yeah, no, Emma Hayes is, she's one of the biggest names in the sport. Um, she's someone, that, she's someone that always, she has a little bit of experience in America, but every time there's a, a coaching opening, I don't think she would ever leave Chelsea, but every time there's a coaching opening here, we're always like, Oh, is Emma Hayes interested? Would she like to come through? Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, um, I think Chelsea. So when we here in Chicago, we're pretty sure that Sam was going to leave. Uh, we obviously there were a couple of names of teams that kind of came up. There was Chelsea, there was uh, Tacone, which is Real Madrid's uh, team. They're you know they're eventually going to to be 
branded as Real Madrid. Um, you know, everyone talks about possibility of France, PSG, or Olympic Lyon. I'm sure all of those conversations happened. Um, but I'm really happy, actually, that's, that, that Kerr picked Chelsea. Chelsea's the right fit. Um, some of those other teams might have felt a little bit more like doing it for doing its sake, whereas Chelsea is it's actually a very strong squad. It's well-coached. Um, they're going to be playing Champions League football, and they have a team culture kind of set by Hayes that is probably the closest to what she had, what, what Kerr had here. Um, so I, again, sad to see her leave, but when it became clear that it was Chelsea, I think that was absolutely the right move, um, for her, you know, cause, cause the, the game in Europe is still developing. I'm a bit of a contrarian. I still believe the NWSL is one of, if not the best women's soccer league in the, in the world. Um, but I think that there are some teams out there that are very, very you know, quality sides. And I think that Chelsea's in that conversation while also kind of maintaining a down to earth vibe a little bit more. And so I think that that fits Kerr really well. Dan, you want to take this next one? Uh, actually, uh, cut, cut in this follow up. So just a, a quick aside. So if you put the Chelsea women's team in the, um, in the American league right now, where do they stack rank against the, best team oh well that's a difficult question um <laughs> i think i think they would make the playoffs for sure um so the american style of soccer we could talk about this forever the american style <laughs> of soccer player is very different than what they do in europe it's faster it's a little bit more direct um physical is the wrong word it's it's very it's it's like okay so it's like that manchester city chelsea game that we watched today but like every game is like that um it's very intense it's cutthroat um and I think that sometimes there's an adjustment period <laughs> for anyone who's used to playing in Europe coming and doing that. Um, I think that Chelsea would get at least, hmm, this is where, this is the question of like, where do I put the red stars? Uh, I think they would get at least third. So um, North Carolina is far and away the, the best soccer team here. They're God, North Carolina could like win the world cup. They're an incredible team. Um, Portland is is usually kind of the number two. Um, they they in North Carolina kind of usually push for that top spot. Chicago is a very strong team. They make the playoffs every year, but they have up years and they have down years. So I think Chelsea would be in that top four conversation, but um, that would be fascinating though. I Club World Cup. I want to see them play each other. <laughs> I think that would yes. be really fun. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm down for that. Um, but okay, well, kind of rounding out uh, Kerr's you know, first for Chelsea, she got her first goal, which came against Arsenal. So as Chelsea fans, we ate that up. Yep, loved it. Okay, yeah, she's fitting right in. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, obviously she was asked about her goal. And I think this kind of goes back to your your points, Claire, of earlier of, you know, how she's as a, as a person. Because you know, she was coy on its importance and was like, no, 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 the result and the team and the objectives are all that matter. So she said this, quote, I mean, yeah, it was good. I, I didn't have to do much. Guro got the ball in perfectly, but it was nice to get a goal and the monkey off my back. But the win is the most important thing, and the performance was unbelievable. So really happy for the team, end quote. Uh, so, so yeah, as, as we can see, Nick, uh, unlike some of our other players and managers, not the soundbite player, maybe. No, no. <laughs> I think the fifth stand's going to struggle to get <laughs> struggle to get anything ri uh, rich from her uh, from a quote perspective. But... 
Uh, Claire, this was in the middle of a 4-1 thrashing right. at Arsenal. Yeah. I, and then it can't be understated, you know, what a massive win that was uh, within the, the FAWSL season. Um, Chelsea are, are currently sitting second, you know, one point back, but with a game in hand. Right. And Arsenal was seen coming into the season as potentially the, the top dog again. So I, I do think it's important to note, you know, in a big match away, how how important having Sam Kerr's quality was for the team, uh, even if she doesn't think it was necessarily the most important <laughs> part. Um, it was just a massive moment inflection point in the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like we were talking about before. It's great that she got on the score sheet. Like I said, I'm sure for her, she definitely underplayed probably how good it felt to get on the score sheet. But um, she's pulling space. If if she's not scoring, somebody else is. Like that's that's the the whole deal. So. Um, yeah, adding her to the Chelsea squad, it's just one more person that defenders have to worry about. And I think that you're starting to see, you know, you saw that against Arsenal. You saw that today against Manchester City. Um, and I think that, yeah, I she you can get good quotes from her, though. I disagree. It just can't. It has to be about, like, asking her about things that she likes, like her teammates and her, the city that she lives in. <laughs> I, I definitely look forward to hearing her anecdotes on life in London yeah. over the, the next coming years. Um, so as it stands right now, just played city today. Uh, we've got the FAWS league cup final coming up against Arsenal, the FA women's cup. We've got the quarterfinal, so potentially additional matches there if we advance. Uh, and then we also have uh, six additional league matches left. So, as of as right now, eight total matches remaining, eight opportunities for Sam Kerr to get in. What do you think, if you were going to guess the amount of goal contributions, so goals plus assists right. for the remainder of the season, what's your what's your number? What's your, What do you think would be maybe your expectation based upon seeing her play and then also kind of getting up to speed with, with the league and her team? I think it's, I mean, this is a you know frustrating answer but i think it's really hard to say i think um <laughs> because the level of competition that they have that chelsea has in front of them for the rest of the season varies uh there are some much tougher games than some others um i think and that's the thing about the wsl too is like i it could be kind of muted. It could still just be, they just do some pretty, you know, normal two, three goal wins. She could pop off at any point. I mean, if she's playing against, you know, Brighton, um, you know, they've got two games against Everton. Liverpool has been struggling a lot. Um, I think that she could have, she could have a, you know, a brace game. And in, in Chicago, sometimes um, not actually most of the time she would, she would like have a game where she didn't score and then she'd score two they kind of came in, in clumps. And so I think that, I think that probably maybe the safest thing I can say is that I think she's going to continue to contribute. I think she's going to get some goals. I think she's going to get some assists. I think you're going to see a Sam Kerr multi-goal game by, by the end of the season. Ooh, love it. Yep. Love it. Hat I mean, trick against Arsenal in the final. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's just have a casual one of those. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know what? I think this is a good start. I think as we've noted and, and found out here, Thanks to Claire and all of the context and backing you've given us it. Uh, it's going to be a fun adventure letting Sam adjust to life in London, adjust to the FAWSL and all the different leagues in terms to come with it. Uh, but I think the consensus is this is really exciting for Chelsea. Uh, just the ambition of the team, just the way 
kind of Emma's been given the green light to assemble the squad with depth and everything to challenge on all fronts is is incredible. So Claire, thank you again so much for coming on and, and joining us. And and where again can our listeners find your stuff that your your content you're putting out? Yes. Um if you are a person who lives in America, I cannot encourage you enough to check out the NWSL this summer. Um, there are teams on both coasts. There are some teams in the middle of the country. Um, it's truly top level soccer being played in this country. You can go see it live. Please go check it out. Um, I write about the NWSL for the equalizer. That's equalizersoccer.com. I have a Chicago red stars podcast called Southside trap. And you can also follow me on Twitter at scout Ripley. Um, yeah. So those are all of, all of my spots. Please check you guys check out the NWSL. It's really good. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Sadly, we don't have one here in Minnesota. Okay. That's true. That's true. Working Someday. on it. Yeah. Yep. Allegedly. We had yep. one in Kansas city. And it's no longer there. Yeah. Anymore. So, so that, so what I'm hearing is that you guys are going to be Red Stars fans this summer. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I, I, I think I'm the only one who lives in any type of distance because I moved to Seattle mid part of last oh, year. Oh, nice. And so I've got the rain. Yeah, that's uh, right. And I'm pretty sure in the first like month and a half of living here, I walked past Megan Rapino in the street, and I didn't recognize it <laughs> until like like 20 feet later. I'm like, oh shit, that was totally <laughs> Megan Rapino. I should. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that definitely was pre-World Cup because no chance yep. you miss that post-World Cup. Exactly. Awesome. awesome. Well, well, we'll put all of Claire's information out there for all of you as listeners and links in the description. So check it out. Again, just a huge thanks. And honestly, um, listeners, the women's team is electric. Go check yeah. them out. Yeah. It's free to watch. Just make an account. You can watch it or you can listen to it. There's no excuse. The accessibility is there. So uh, that's going to wrap this one up, Chelsea fans. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, learning more about the Chelsea women's team, specifically Sam Kerr, and a huge thanks to Claire. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.